This is the story about... I want to do it too. Okay, one, two. This is Precious Lives. Stories about kids. Teens. Guns. Guns. And how we end up by the Bye-bye. Because, because we are precious. Because we are precious. This is Precious Lives. My name is James Causey, and I'm a columnist with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I'm taking on this difficult task of filling in for my friend and mentor, Eric Vaughn, who we lost on September 8th. For the remainder of Precious Lives series, you will hear my voice. Uh, I'm going to do my best to try to make Eric proud. We miss you, Eric. If you're between the ages of 8 and 48, love basketball and live in Milwaukee Central City, you've probably been a part of Warning's Basketball League. Well, the official name is a lot longer. Warning Project Respect. We must respect each other. In June, Warning had his first game of the season. Players, sportsmanship, let's watch our mouths, let's, we're out here to have fun. And the referee reminds players of Warning's 40-year legacy. One another. This is one of the longest running leads in the world. So it's a rite of passage, and for many youth, it's the place to be over the summer. It's cool to play in Warning, to wear the colored T-shirts representing your team. Make friends, gain friends, stuff like that. So I want everybody to shake hands. But last year was a rough one for the league. Two players died within the first week. Tariq Agbar, 14, and Giovanni Cameron, 13, both were fatally shot. That's fun, man. That's fun, fellas. Eric Moore coached Giovanni. Friends called him Gio. Coach Moore called him Go-Go. And I said, no, man, Go-Go? Like, I see this kid at 8.30. I called at 10.30. He was gone. I couldn't believe it. Giovanni was shot and killed after playing with a gun his cousin found. Most of Coach Moore's players grew up with Gio. And now they're back for another warning season. First week, let's get it started off right. Here's Precious Lives producer Emily Foreman. 13 and 14 year olds play at 6 p.m. Mondays and Wednesdays in the summer at Lincoln Park. The purple team's captain, DeAndre Hillsman, signs in. Hillsman, DeAndre joins a layup line to warm up before the game. He misses a layup, and his coach, Eric Moore, doesn't let it go. Really? I was like, lay up in warm up and then you smile. I'm, I'm crazy. I didn't lie. You should be upset. If Coach Moore sounds harsh, it's only because he knows his players are up for the challenge this year. Last year, if that would have happened, I couldn't reprimand him because of the situation. We were losing. Nobody really kind of wanted to play because of GL. Last year around this time, Giovanni Cameron was playing for the purple team. I said, Gio, I said, put my shirt back in my bag, man. He said, oh, coach, it's cold out here, man. I'm a, I'm a, he said, we got a game tomorrow. I'm going to bring it back. I'll wash it. And that was the last I talked to him. That night, Gio was shot and killed. Coach went easy on his players for the rest of the season, and they lost every game. Get it back! Get it back! That's good job! Good job! But if you look past Coach's tough exterior, under the brim of his signature Batman baseball cap, there's a good chance you'll see tears rolling down his cheeks. I might be talking and I'll just start boo-hooing. 
And they be like, Coach, always crying. And I tell them, laugh, crying, think every day. Let it out. He cries to set an example. And he wants his players to cry too, because tears let him know that they're okay. Especially at that young age. You know, 13, 14, and then you watching somebody get killed. That, that can affect you tremendously. He worries that they haven't processed the pain of losing Gio. And if don't nobody get them kids no help or help them through it, 10 years from now, you'll see a whole generation of kids that don't care. Don't care about my life. They self. That's an old friend echoing coaches' points in the background. They played warning together when they were Gio's age. If you feel like I could be killed or taken away at any time for nothing, for nothing then your, your reaction is to protect mm -hmm. or attack. You be on the guard on the defense all the time. And those kids, they, they, they start getting into that. Minutes after tip-off, one of the players charges the basket full speed to make a layup. Slow down, D. Coach reminds him to pace himself. Slow down, baby. Coach Moore used to bottle up his emotions. That almost killed him. Yeah, I think about it now, I'd be like, wow. He was the guy shooting up street corners over drugs or petty disputes. Person with a gun shooting at you and you shooting at a person. Bullets going past your head on the ground and all that. I done had over 10 bullets shot at me. We didn't so, care. We was living like oh, that. I, didn't kill them. I killed somebody. Several friends Coach played warning basketball with were also the guys he got in trouble with. It make no difference. It was I like definitely didn't care. Friends, family, even a neighborhood cop who knew them as high school basketball stars tried to steer them towards counseling. And they'd be like, oh, you, you crazy. You, you could have killed yourself. And I'd be like, I'm already dead. But they survived. Everyone is here. Everyone except John West. And that was my brother, you know, and uh, best friend. Right. The, baby, the baby out of all He of was us. the baby out of all of us, we and he was the best. Coach says John was the one who kept them out of trouble. If he did something wrong, he'd admit to it. John lived with Coach their junior and senior years of high school. They were both 18 when John died. John was stabbed by someone he knew, a friend. The whole dynamic of the, of the situation changed from there because we, we got to living recklessly. Like, we never losing another one again like that. Like, we gonna, if we're going to lose it, we're going to go down blaze. No one in their tight-knit group wanted to talk about really it. Nobody tapped into it. Yes. It was come up and just somebody was like, man, I don't want to hear right. that. Yeah. And by being so headstrong, we like, we don't need no counsel. We need revenge. Coach Moore continued to play in warning. Shortly after John's death, Coach was at a game, warming up in the layup line. But you can hear the whispers. I'm going to cry. Like, dog, dude killed John's out here. Ooh, like, what? The guy who had killed John was out on bail. Richard. Richard was at the game. I had a hoodie. Put my black hoodie on. I'm walking through the crowd, my head down. I don't know what would happen, but I know it was not going to be good. They ain't noticing me, ain't nobody even paying attention to me. I got the hoodie all the way down, walking, pistol right here, I'm walking through the thing. I see him, 
Then I get lifted up off my feet in a bear hug. Someone had been paying attention. A friend grabbed Coach. Coach handed over the gun. When y'all need a breather, let, let me know, man. We got 10 cats out here. So if y'all need a breather, we got cats that can play. But when y'all in there, give me your all. Let's go, get it in here, man. Come on, family on three. One, two, three, family. Starting five, let's go. The warning family was there for him that day, the day Richard showed up to the game. It could have gone a lot worse. Still. I had nightmares. It would be of me killing Richard, putting Seaman's shoes on him. And Coach says the nightmares lasted about 10 years after John John's death. You know, cause I remember early, I'd wake up, cold sweat, both pistols in my hand, like, nobody's here. During that time, Coach went to prison for selling drugs, got out, robbed a bank, got four more years, and then something changed. During his second prison sentence, he got therapy. My therapist was like, you know better than a suicidal maniac. You're just homicidal. I was dealing with this demon, and the only way I could get over it was to just accept what was going on and let the emotions out. The nightmare stopped. Because once I got to talking about it, it felt so good. Talking about how it felt to lose John. My therapist was like, you have to, you have to do something with that. Like, you can't let your brother die for nothing. So instead of being out in the streets, representing John John as a killer and a gang banger and a drug dealer, represent him as a coach and a father and a friend. So this time, Coach Moore made the most out of prison for John John and himself. Coach got his GED, an associate's degree. He studied carpentry, theology, ceramics. He taught chess, ran a basketball league. When he got out, he went right back to warning as a coach. Now let's fast forward to last year. And then Geo happened. And I'm like, oh no. You know, this is John John all over again. Except for now, I'm, you know, in a different role. Both Gio and John died young. Both were killed by someone they knew and loved. Both died the night before a game. You know, these cats were calling me at 2 or 3 in the morning. Coach, I can't sleep. I wish I would've been here. Coach, I'm hurt. I wish I'd have been here for you, bro. Coach says he panicked, called old friends. They calmed him down. Then Coach had a dream. Years after the nightmares had stopped, John John appeared. Telling me to get up and go get them boys. Go get them. Go get them. Don't let them do what y'all did. Don't let them go through this that, that war. Hey, good job. Team Gogo wins their first game, 32-26. Already a difference from last season. I like that. Now Coach represents the good in John. He even reconciled with Richard, John's killer. We talked about this. He was like, man, I ain't mean, dude, I'm sorry. I was like my brother, too. Meanwhile, Team Gogo's story has just begun. 
I want to be able to be like 20 years from now, I'll see him. They be like, Coach, you know, we got through it. We here. How's your family? How's the wife? Good. Thank you. That's it. One, two, three, go. One, two, three, go. Keep GL good. Let's do it. One, two, three, three, go. Four, five, six, family. Over the next few weeks, we will bring you two more stories tracking Team GoGo on their quest to honor their friend Gio. Precious Lives is produced by 371 Productions in association with WUWM, WNOV, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and the Wisconsin Center for Investigative Journalism. We're supported by the Greater Milwaukee and Helen Bader Foundations, music by Kiran V of Fresh Cut Collective.